and welcome to 353rd. This is episode number 41. This is Thursday, August 16th. We are a bi-weekly podcast talking about the impact of the internet on business. I'm Anders Brownworth. I'm Scott Barstow. Today we thought we'd talk about a concept that's been rolling around in my head and I've been trying to put some words to it and uh, so, so I took a stab at it in a blog post and I don't think I have it quite figured out right yet. So I'd like to just talk through it on this podcast, uh, with, uh, with Scott and, uh, all, all you are faithful listeners and, uh, maybe you can, uh, chime in with some comments and let us know what you think. So here's the outline of the idea. I've seen a number of organizations where the quality star tech guy, whoever it happens to be, but it's hard to quantify who he is, but everybody kind of knows who he is uh, in an organization. Always, this person is capable of doing maybe 10x work, possibly at times 100x, like he's able to be about the power of a hundred guys at times in in terms of the kind of work that he can put out and the impact that he has on the organization. Uh, just because he's got everything in his head and he can just rock and do some incredible work. But I've seen these guys flounder in companies uh, generally for two reasons. One, because they don't know how to interact with the outside world. Uh, So if they're lucky enough to be surrounded by a good project manager or others, they they seem to do all right. And also uh, because of the fact, I think, that the organization has a hard time valuing that person. It's hard to put put numbers around. You can't just say, you know, this guy outputs 10 times the lines of code because – that could just be lines of sprawl and and comment spam in a in a uh, program. So that's not a good measure, but there still is a very positive impact over the long term on an organization that is somehow measurable. So I threw together this blog post and I started writing about it and I started trying to look at how other industries that have highly prized individuals deal with this. And the, the idea I ran with was a surgeon. So you have a surgeon, he's really good, he kind of knows all his stuff, and he, he comes into the operating room, 7 o'clock in the morning, there's the uh, nurse there holding the gloves that he pops his hands into, there's the table with all the scalpels laid out, everything is there, the patient is prepped on the table, ready to go, and he just goes in and he does his thing. And his mission in life is to get through whatever the surgery is, deal with any complications that come up, and sew the guy up and get him all set before he dies. So, so he's very focused on the task, and, and his team around him is focusing on making him shine, giving him everything he needs, giving him all the, uh, all the equipment kind of scrubbed up and ready to go, just everything he needs right in his fingertips. So their, their mission in life is to get the surgeon to zero downtime. So 100% of the time he's doing his thing, and that in total makes the whole team successful. 
So I thought about using that analogy within a software company and try to surround your absolute top-end coder who may have horrible people skills, who may be floundering the organization because there's somewhat of a glass ceiling above him because, because of that, uh, and, and allow him to, to just execute. I am kicking around in my head, how do we make this so he's not going to fail? You know, how, is, how, how can he be measured? How can, and maybe that's the wrong thing to do, uh, or maybe the timeline for measurement is really, really long. Uh, so that's a lot of ideas out of my head. I just wanted to kind of throw out the, the general concept of what we're talking about and discuss how it might, is this a good idea? And if it is, you know, how might you implement this in reality, in an organization? So I don't know. I mean, maybe there's differences between a a uh, a larger company and a startup. Maybe this is a startup. I don't know. What are your general thoughts, Scott? What do you think about this? I've got a few. The first is that I think one of the things that organizations tend to do with people that are really good is that they put them in positions of leadership as kind of a natural progression for their career. So if I'm very good at developing software, the logic seems to be or the it seems to be that if I'm very good, then I must be good at telling other people how to be as good as I am. Yeah. Like like it's something you can just impart by osmosis or teach. Yeah. And even if you could, even if I could teach five other people to be close to as good as me, is that the best use of my time? So I think that's one particular thing that companies tend to do and make mistakes with people that are very talented is uh, you get to a point and then they make you a team lead. And so now you've got people that are okay working for you. Yeah. And generally – that goes one of two ways. Either the person that's very good is a tyrant uh, because they can't understand how somebody can't do it as well as they can. Yeah. And, you know, everybody hates working for them. Uh, and so that's one possibility. The other is that they just get no the, – the folks that are below this star have essentially no boss because he doesn't really care. Yeah, how they do. He's really just he wants to sit there and be a technologist. So what you're saying is, you shouldn't make these guys managers. I don't think so. I think there are people that are really good at getting other people to do things and leading teams, and those people aren't necessarily good at technology. They might be. They might be a. They might be a. They might have been a coder. But they might just be people that are really good at managing people. Yeah, I would think those guys are are would be the rare exception if they were to also be a star coder. Most right. star coders I come in, into contact with are just have horrible people skills, and they're they can't get out from in front of themselves in in some ways. But yep. they they tend to excel when there's a project manager that sort of takes them under their wing. In effect, I think what's happening, and I've seen this a lot is they end up teaming up with somebody who can defend them. Yes. And, and usually they're very high up in the organization. A lot of times it's the CEO. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, the guy at the top. 
basically says, look, this guy can do what he wants because, you know, I trust that he's going to go in the right direction or, or, or whatever it is. So he doesn't have to worry about fending for the sniping attacks that happen from elsewhere within the organization. Um, but that's not that's not practical. You might be able to do that with three or four star coders amongst a larger organization, but how are you going to scale that? I mean, it, like, uh, it seems to me a hospital has the same problem, and the way they've scaled that is they have not thought of that guy as an independent actor. They can't right. be. Yeah, I think that's true. I think your analogy is very good, and I although obviously you don't generally have life and death on the line yeah. uh, in a technology thing, and so but I do think there's this – and I also I think the analogy breaks down in that you know, a surgeon typically comes in and the surgery happens and then he, you know, he goes outside and smokes a cigarette. Yeah. You know, smokes a cigarette and – Not if he's a goes surgeon. On, goes on to the next – Yeah. <laughs> More doctors smoke than – Really? Would be my guess. Wow. Yeah. Just because of the stress. I'm sure. But what I think rings true for me about your analogy is the, is the idea that there are people around him that make him successful – and that he's not having to worry about all of the details. Yeah. What he's not worrying about is will all those scalpels be there or will the patient be prepped and will they be, you know, will they have the right stuff on or the right stuff off in the right spots? Yeah. Uh, what he's having to worry about is, okay, when I walk in here, based on what I know, here's what I'm going to see. I'm going to see a patient that you know, is in cardiac arrest and, you know, whatever the situation might be. But it's they're thinking about the things that really nobody else in the room is is qualified to think about. And they're also, I think, able to do something that nobody else in the room can do. So they're doing... They're doing the execution. They're they're well. Hopefully, a surgeon is not killing people <laughs> on the table. But they're they're executing the. It's very very tactical if you think about it. It a is. Surgeon, it's a very you know, yeah. And I think great coders are the same way. Yeah. You give them a problem, and the problem is can be big or it can be small. Yeah. But they will thrive on uh, figuring out how to solve that problem. And I think that's what a surgeon is doing. They're they're you know they cut the body open and there's probably I've never been a surgeon and never will be, but I'm imagining that you know half of the time things are probably not as they thought they would be. Yeah. The, you know there's some abnormality or there's something unexpected, and they've got to adapt and change you know change their idea right there on the fly, or they cut something they didn't you know that wasn't supposed to be cut and blood's going everywhere and yeah. And, you know, the patient is crashing on the table or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you know, they're the only guy in the room really qualified that can, that can get it under control. Yeah. And, and, but they have, again, you know, they have these people around them that are, you know, the nurse is handing him a suture. The nurse is handing him a thing to pinch the artery or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. They've got people that are, you know, around them and, the, and, and doing things for them, but they're still – the main guy, and I think furthermore, they are paid disproportionately more than probably everybody else in the room. For good reason. But because they've got all of the, and I think the same should be true of star technologists or star anything. And, in our, yeah. and you see this in, I mean, professional sports is a great example. The top, 
you know, professional athletes make more money than most everybody else, but the best within pro athlete, pro athletes make exponentially more than the guy sitting five seats down the bench on them, you know, from them. And it's just because they have something that nobody else has. Well, here, I'm going to put it to you a different way. I think the reason they're paid like that is because their results are immediately quantifiable. I agree. They win the game. There's more scores that whatever it is, but yeah, that's and if, not and the when case. They, and if they change teams, yeah, those results go with them. They, right. Yeah, but well, if a, if a coder changes teams and goes to a different company, those things go with them too. They're just not really readily quantifiable. And frankly, you know this as as well as I do. You when you're you know especially in a startup when you're rocking and rolling, you're making a thousand decisions a day. 99.9% of which nobody will ever see. And right. you make some decisions that end up biting you or really helping the, the company to crush the competition because some things were done correctly way back in the day. Yeah. And the, the, the preponderance, how good you are is how many of those decisions you make early on, sort of on your own, and and then the the organization is successful, so it really does take, you know, many years in in a lot of cases to show fruit. And then at the end of the day, you can argue that oh, it was because of good marketing, or it was because of you know whatever else. So they and I think those things are true, right? Yeah. Because just having a great product, we have lots of examples of yeah. great products that didn't work. Sure. But I think what's also true is that the execution of the system, whatever that system might be, uh, there was there was there was a reason why you were able to tell the story in marketing, uh, and that's because you know somebody did a good job of setting that system up for success. Yeah. Well, good. So good marketing. Uh, there's a topic that that is really tough. A, somebody who actually knows what they're doing in the marketing world is very, very few and far between. There's more hot air in the marketing world than any other industry I've seen. Uh, it's all a lot of smoke and mirrors, and frankly, even even really great products with saddled with a, a very mediocre talent can be a success. So it's it's hardly do or die on marketing only, but they do have metrics around them that you can hold people's feet to the fire and actually get somewhere. I mean, especially now in the internet age where you can measure things much more, uh, such as with a, a Google ad, you know, A-B testing Google ads or whatever it happens to be. There are things you can do to kind of measure. But the problem is with a coder, it's they're so, with a technologist really in general, they are so multifaceted and have to be so broad, really, even if their expertise is relatively narrow, they do have to be very broad and be able to pull on a lot of areas because it isn't just doing whatever it is that they need to do. It's also knowing what this is. Hey, look, this is really what we should be doing. And how do you put a value to that? I have, I don't have a good answer for that. You know, I'd love some some way to be able to say, ah, you know what, that decision that we made to pivot at that time technically, inside the organization, nobody sees it from the outside, to right. pivot internally on this because this is a better way. And if we build the groundwork this way 
two years from now, we're going to be able to do things that go leaps and bounds past our competition. And I've seen the people that do this, and I've seen it happen, and they are generally stuck in a an old school system that uh, that constrains their salary based on, for example, the number of people they manage. Now, this yeah. this is idiotic if you ask me. The number of people you manage, that's the number of direct reports or whatever you want to call it or the old people under the tree. These are all cost centers. You sh- a really great coder should be eliminating those, not adding to them. You don't want to incent a coder to have more people working for him. That's just crazy. That's yeah, paying that crazy. somebody to to uh, you know cost the company more. <laughs> I, I don't get. I mean, maybe that works in the industrial world where uh, you know you really do have a one to one scaling kind of a, a problem, but that's just not the case in technology. One coder can become the the strength and the power of 10 or, or more, up to 100 even, more than that probably, given the good decisions they make. Because a really, really good coder will, will give you a tiny little snippet of code and then uh, you know it, it, will, it will be able to perform backflips and you will not have to hire five more guys because they did that. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it reminds me of the database administrators from back in the day. These guys, you would pay, they're all six figures. You would pay him, he would sit there playing World of Warcraft or whatever the game was back in the day, all week long, and then five minutes. He will come in and he will look at a query and he'll do a little bit of magic that optimizes that thing and makes it a thousand times faster. And suddenly the whole organization is many, many light years ahead. And then he'll go back to his Warcraft game. And they, there was some bit of this paying those guys well and ignoring the fact that it seems like they're wasting their time most of the time. But I just think there's a better way to put uh, a structure around these star people and try to get a higher level of output from them. If you look at them rather than as an individual, rather as a team, where those weak parts that, I mean, it's unconscionable to me that somebody that can come up with a brand new thing and, and create an industry like Instagram out of 30 people or whatever out of thin air and be worth a billion dollars, how, how somebody who has a capability to do that, their, their option is, okay, go off on a, a, and do a startup and do that take your risk or whatever, or stay within your organization, have substantially less risk. Maybe it's not a billion dollars, but it will be many, many, many millions. Do that kind of thing inside. The, why wouldn't you want to incent these guys like crazy? It just, there's a disconnect because you can't measure it, I think. I think you're right. There's this idea that you're putting forward of hiring in teams. And I wonder if you could, if you were you know, this kind of person... And yeah, there was a startup that you were interested in and you had a, a team that you know that you knew you worked well with. Yeah. I'm wondering if there isn't a time coming where you could say, you know, I'm interested in working with you, but the condition of my employment is that you hire these three other people and we're going to do things the way that we want because it works. And, yeah. and oh, by the way, here's 25 projects that we've done together. Yeah. As as this team. 
Now, if you want me, you hire these people as well. Instead of you know, me being this star guy and showing up at the next startup and working with people that I have no idea how they work. Yeah. You know, it's a, I got to start all over again. I'm still, I'm still very good. And maybe the people that I'm working with in this new, in this new company are very good as well, but they're not very good with me. Yeah. And those are two very different things. I can be, I could be a great project manager, but not get along with you at all. Yeah. And I don't get along with you. Yeah. I mean, I hate you, but that, that's a subject for another show. <laughs> so and, you're saying, all right, sorry, go ahead. But, uh, but I think the thing that I've been thinking about since you came up with this uh, yesterday or two days ago, whenever you threw it over the wall, is this idea of hiring and working as a known team, which yeah. I think is what you get. I don't know how surgeons work, but I have to presume that they've got their nurse that goes with them to whatever hospital they go to. You know, that there's some amount of their team that is set, if, especially if they're a, a, you know, a higher-end surgeon that's doing brain surgery or something like that. Yeah. I can't imagine that they just show up at a hospital and it's whoever's in the operating room with them is okay. You know, they want to <laughs> yeah. know. They need to know. They need to Su- trust. You know, my nurse, uh, Susie, is to the right. And, you know, the guy that always helps me is to my left and I know their names. I know how they're going to react under pressure. I know everything about them. And I just don't have to, I don't even have to think about that stuff. All I have to think about is what's right in front of me. And I think those are the, it's an interesting way to think about solving technology problems. And I don't know how you make the transition because there's so many companies that are seem to be stuck in this way of they hire coders the same way they hire, you know, people on the tech support desk. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same process, it's just a different skill set and you've got, you know, tiers of roles and all of this stuff and I just don't think in a good technology organization a lot of that stuff just doesn't apply. Yeah. I really I really think it doesn't. And if you've got really good people what they're going to want is a lot of autonomy, and with that, and for that, I think they're willing to take. If they screw it up, they're willing to. They're willing to take the brunt. Yeah, absolutely. Of of whatever goes wrong because they're willing. They want because they're the, in, they're in the driver's seat. You have yeah, to. Yeah, and they want the ability to say, "I did that." Yeah. And if you want, if you want that, you've got to be able yeah. to say, "I did that, and it went well," or "I did that, and it was a huge mistake." Sure. You know, you've got to be able to take both sides of of that particular of that coin. Yeah. yeah, but I yeah. think there's. I do like the. I do like this. Uh, it's worth thinking about, and I think the we've seen we've worked on teams that have been kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah. Although we haven't done it formally, we've kind of just walked into. Yeah, you just it. do it right, exactly. And I wonder if you were more if you were more deliberate about it or more, you know. Okay, this is we're going in and we're using this team and we're going to use this technology. You know, we, here's our here's our hammer. Where's the nail? Yeah. Uh, and you know, we've got this tool. We've got this tool bag that includes not only what we do but how we do it. Yeah. And that's the methodology that we're going to apply. And if you like what you if you like what we've done in the past, then you'll hire us as a team. If you don't, that's okay too because. You know, the next, yeah, so, comp- the next company might. So you're saying forget about quantifying it because you know what? People know it exists. People know it when they see it. 
So rather than do that, we're going on reputation. Because look at, you know, you know if you have a, a spinal injury, you know you go to Dr. Quackenshoe, I don't know, whoever. Because you know, because that's the guy, he's the best guy that does spinal surgery. This guy, he knows his stuff, he's world-renowned. Well, that's exactly it, right? You have to become known, that team around that, and there could be a real small team, maybe three guys, uh, you know, maybe two, I don't know. It's not one, that I know, because that doesn't work. So maybe they just become known, and then they become the drop-in I don't know, maybe you have to do this as a uh, consulting organization where you say, look, you know, on the strength of our portfolio, uh, we're going to drop in and we're going to do these things. Maybe that, maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. It seems hard, uh, harder to work in the scenario where maybe it's a bank or something that has something very sensitive and, uh, or, or maybe it's a government, uh, secret government project and it requires a whole bu a bunch of classified information. Right. Maybe these, maybe you have to hire in those scenarios, uh, or maybe not. I mean, I don't know, but it just, it seems to me that the, that your suggestion here is look, don't try to quantify it. Yeah. You I don't know think you when can you see it. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the quantification of it is in the resulting product. And to the extent that they have control over the success or failure of the technology part of the execution. And there's five other things that have to go right for a company to be hugely successful. But to the extent that they are in control of that and it's a success, then I think you have something to point at and say, look, here's stuff we did, we've did, we done before. We can do the same thing for you. Yeah. And that could be a consultancy. It could be you land in a, in a new startup, in a newly funded startup. It could be, you know, you and I come up with the idea, an idea and we decide to do it as our own startup, but we work the same way. Yeah. We use the same tools. We use the same people. Uh, yeah. And, then, and maybe yeah. that's – maybe I think it's, it's good to think about this problem as thinking about it systematically rather than just, oh, well, it's, you know, it's lightning strikes and every, everything lines up and you happen to – hit a home run, right? I, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's good people doing what they do best in a deliberate way and arriving at a result that's expected. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, the key pieces you have here that, that you're presenting is don't try to quantify it, but also like uh, the, the, the team, if you're going to if you're going to move, the team goes with you kind of idea. That's the same thing, whether it's inside the organization or out, you know, even, even if the team decides to do something sort of on their own. Those are great points. Anybody listening, please go to 353rd.com and check out this show. Uh, it is number 42 and drop in a comment or, or look at my post on Anders.com. We will have links to everything, of course, on 353rd.com. And let's continue the discussion because I think there's something here. I'm not quite there, though. So love your input. Anyway, we will, uh, we will catch you all next time in two weeks on 353rd.